so good to be able to celebrate with all of you. Uh, big welcome again uh, for all of you in Studio Church, particularly if you're new. Big hello in the pop-ups and a special welcome and a warm happy Easter to you if you're watching at home or you're on Spotify, you're walking along Causeway Bay. Uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're really, really welcome. Easter is a big deal. And I want you in the studio and I want you in the pop-ups and I want you at home to give me as much encouragement as you can because this is the climax, the ultimate celebration in the Christian calendar because Jesus Christ is risen. He is alive. Amen? Amen. If you don't know about Christianity, if you're new to church, maybe you're even here in one of the venues, and that you're not totally, completely up to speed with the whole Christianity thing, you know it's something about loving your neighbor and being nice to old people, you just need to know that Easter is the very epicenter of Christianity. Easter is what makes Christianity possible. No Easter no church, no resurrection, no faith. But Easter is the single event that changes everything in human history. And unlike any other faith system that you could care to mention, Christianity is not based on philosophy. It's not based on a rule of living. It's not based on an ethic. It's based on one historical event that actually happened, and that's the resurrection. And if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then you have no Christianity. And if you're looking to explore faith, if you're looking to just kick the tires and open up the bonnet and look inside the engine and examine, does this thing make sense? Does it work? Is it real? You need only to look so far as the resurrection because if Jesus Christ did not raise physically, bodily from the dead, then Christians have got nothing. They're just a nice bunch of deluded dimwits. But because the resurrection is such a unique event in history, because there's so much compelling evidence, because the more that you look, the more likely it becomes, suddenly the resurrection changes everything. And the resurrection is the single most important, powerful event in all of human history. But it is so much more than that. Yes, it is the pivot around which the whole of space and time uh, flexes, but it is more than that. And that's why the reading that Susanna just did for us is perhaps for me the greatest reading that we could ever have. I think it might just be the most powerful, most beautiful, most transcendent moment in all of Scripture. It's something that I have read and heard for years of my life, and I still to this day can hardly get through it without crying. Because it's not just that the resurrection is this earth-shattering, epoch-defining moment in human experience. It's that the resurrection becomes a personal thing for us. It means that as individuals, we can not only know about the facts and the history of the resurrection, but we get to know the Lord Jesus Christ himself personally. 
Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he could have appeared to anybody. And sometimes when I read the accounts of scriptures, I get frustrated because I think, why is it that Jesus didn't show himself in a more public way? You just rose from the dead. Why not present yourself in front of the Caesar himself? Why not make it so undeniably public that the whole world would have no other option but to believe? Why not do that? Why downplay it so much? It's because Jesus says, yes, I am risen from the dead, and that changes everything for everyone, everywhere. But I want you to know that it's personal. I'm not interested in forcing people to believe and leaving humanity no choice. I want to meet you one by one, one on one. And that's why he meets Mary in this garden. He's laid in a garden tomb. A rich man comes onto the scene as Jesus is crucified. And the, instead of having him just dumped into a pauper's grave, this rich man, Nicodemus, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, together they say, look, we'll, we'll put him in Joseph's tomb. And then on the third day, he's risen. And if you read the account, if you go a little bit earlier than we had in the last reading from John, you find out that it was actually Peter and John that got to the empty tomb first. And then Mary, Mary Magdalene, she gets there. She gets there first and doesn't find anything. She calls the disciples. They run. They see the tomb. But Jesus does not appear to them. And it's as if Jesus is saying, I could appear to Peter. Peter could be the first person to see me risen from the dead. But I just know that he's going to say something inappropriate. I just know that he's going to say one of his crazy, wacky, ridiculous things. And it's going to spoil my moment. And uh, you know what? I tell you, I'll give him his own moment. I'll, um, I'll, I'll do it by the shores of the lake. I'll bring fish. It'd be beautiful. But he can have his moment later. And it could be John. Oh, I love John. John, I love him so much. My little son of thunder. But do you know what? I want it to be a woman. Because it was women that were there at the foot of the cross. It was the women that stayed when the man ran away. And it was a Mary that witnessed first my incarnation into this world. God made flesh. And I want another Mary to be the first person to witness my resurrection. And I want to send out a statement that I raise up women and I raise up men on an equal footing and that I will always give value and dignity to those that have been undermined, who've been denigrated, who have been pushed to the side because I'm all about people when they feel like no one else is championing them. The Jesus that we talk about when we talk about the resurrection is a Jesus who loves people, the Jesus that is on your side, the Jesus that always cares for you, the Jesus that wants nothing more than your benefit, your fulfillment, and your salvation, your wholeness. And Mary comes into this situation, and Mary's like so many of us right now. She's broken. Her whole world has caved in. How many of us here, how many of us watching, how many of you right now have had an experience where you've just been ground down under the boot of coronavirus, where it has stripped away from you your future, or it's put things on hold, where it's limited and severely constricted your options, your dreams, your futures. How many of you grieve now for people that you have lost? How many of you are wrestling with the 
dull, deadening flatness of the whole thing. You just need to know that Mary walks in your shoes. Mary Magdalene, who'd put all her hopes on this man who treated her like no man has ever treated her. She walks in the garden and she's come with spices to anoint the burial um, tomb so that the body of Jesus might be prepared in a way that they didn't have time to do when he was first laid in the tomb. And she's walking around in her tears, in her brokenness, in her heartbreak. And she sees through the tears, she sees this man in a garden and she thinks he's the gardener. When John writes this, he is just loving this detail. Because John has already, we've we just been through this whole series on John. If you missed it, then check out Eagle Eye over the last four weeks. But John, he starts his account of the life of Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning, God. Just like the book of Genesis starts out, in the beginning, God created the world. Now, John says, I've got a, a better part of this story. In the beginning, it's Jesus, the Word. He is made flesh. But now we move into the end of John's book. And he says, listen, I'm going to have a man and a woman in a perfect garden. And instead of it being Adam, the original gardener, this is Jesus, the perfect gardener. And this time in this paradise, there's not going to be any hint of shadow. There's not going to be any falling or denying or breaking or bruising or mistake. There's not going to be any pride, no sin. There's just going to be humanity and the divine fused together the way they were always supposed to be. And Mary cries out to this man that she doesn't even recognize is Jesus. And she says, if you move the body, You just tell me where it is. None of the disciples, not the men, not the women were expecting Jesus to rise from the dead because they know what you know, that when a person is dead, they stay dead. There was no one on Easter Sunday morning, early by the tomb, standing there in a big crowd going, 10, 9, 8. No one was expecting it. No one was looking for it. She was looking for a cold, dead corpse. She can't find it. Jesus is risen. She sees him and she cries out, where have you put my Lord? And he looks at her and he says to her one word, which is the most beautiful word in the whole of the Bible. He just says, Mary, Mary. In other words, when God says your name, it is the most beautiful thing that he can say. That he just speaks to her. He could have been anywhere with anybody and yet he speaks to Mary. He says, Mary, it's me. When we have an encounter with Jesus, it does two things for us. First of all, it changes our perspective. Everyone say perspective. Perspective. Mary's perspective shifts in an absolute nanosecond. She has a perspective of someone that is deeply broken and grieving. She thinks that Jesus is nowhere to be found. How many of you, you've been through times, not just over the last 18 months, but bigger than that, longer than that, more profound than that, when you've asked yourself the question, where is God? Where is God when I need him? How many of you identify with what Shauna was saying when she said that she felt like a shell of a person? And Mary's there, and her whole perspective is that I am weeping, and I am suffering, and where is God, and where is Jesus? And suddenly, with one word, Mary, 
Her whole perspective changes. She now sees he was always with her. He was there the whole time. And now tears are turned to joy. And Jesus is there. And she's just got her arms wrapped around him. And he's saying, Mary, Mary, you, you can't hold on to me. Seriously, you're squeezing me too much. You're going to send me back into the tomb again. We, we've got stuff to do. You know, I, I need, I, I wish, I wish that I could hold on to you for the rest of time. And actually, one day soon, I will. But right now, not just a perspective change, but purpose. I've got purpose for you. And this is how the resurrection changes our experience. Jesus says, I, when I rise from the dead, it changes everything. It changes science. It changes history. It changes philosophy. It changes religion. It changes the very fabric of space-time itself. It changes everything that we know about the world, about life, about death. It means that there's no sickness that cannot be healed. There's no problem that cannot be overcome. There's no conflict that cannot be mended. There's no death that cannot be swallowed up into everlasting, eternal life. Changes everything. But with that change in perspective, Jesus, I now have a purpose for you. I want you to go and I want you to tell my brothers that I have risen from the dead. I want you to be able to speak to those who are broken, those who are fearful, those who are locked down with their own personal private hell. I want you to tell them that everything has changed. And when Mary goes and she says, I've seen the Lord, suddenly it throws them into turmoil. And then Jesus is there. And again, their perspective changes. These disciples, fearful, locked away in terror, confusion, and disappointment, disillusionment. Suddenly, every perspective is changed. Now Jesus is risen. This changes absolutely everything. And Jesus says, I've got a purpose for you too. I want you to go, and as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I want you to go and proclaim this message. And this is why we as Metro do what we do. This is why we do Studio Church. This is why we do the pop-ups. It's not because we are some kind of religious control freaks that are just trapped in some religious rut where we just have to go through the motions. It's not because we were brought up this way. It's not because we somehow feel a compulsion or a duty. We do it because we have met with the risen Lord Jesus and we want to go and engage in the purpose that he has given us to tell people, men, women, children, everywhere around the world, anyone that we can speak to who will listen to us, Jesus is alive. It's a fact. It's a true thing. And he can change your life like he has changed our lives. And the reason the church exists today is because of the resurrection. If there was no resurrection from the dead, there would be no church. It changed the perspective of everybody that came across it. So Jews that had been monotheistic for generation upon generation upon generation. For thousands of years, they'd had the concept that God does not become human. God and man are separated by a chasm. Suddenly, in their hundreds and in their thousands, they are changing generations of belief. And they're saying, we know it sounds crazy. And they're priests and they're Pharisees, their establishment, and they're the lowest of the low. And they're saying, we have seen him risen and we have seen him alive and we proclaim to you what we have seen. 
So much so that within 30 years, it's spread right through to Rome. So that when you have this hot, sticky summer night in July AD 64, and the great fire of Rome takes place, it's the Christians that they blame. They scapegoat the Christians and they kill them in their hundreds. They are fed to the lions in the Colosseum. They're torn apart by wild dogs in the arena. They're burnt to death in the palace gardens of Nero. They're beheaded, they're crucified, they're stoned. And yet they do not budge because their perspective on life has changed. And when Jesus meets with you, he changes everything. What I want to do with you is I want to pray. I want to pray that every single one of us here that knows and loves Jesus would have that incentive once more to be people that proclaim the message. That's what we are in Metro, and that's what we are combined with the whole corporate church in Bristol and across the world. We are Easter people. We're children of the resurrection. We're people who have had a personal encounter with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And if that doesn't make you happy, then nothing else is going to make you happy. Take an Easter egg and do your best because we have something so powerful, so transformative, so joyful, so wonderful, we cannot help but speak about it. And I want to invite you, if you don't know this Jesus, to investigate it for yourself. And yeah, you can ask the questions. Yes, you can discover for yourself. We have an Alpha course that's happening. It's just happening on uh, the 28th of April. That's uh, just about four weeks time on a Wednesday night for 10 weeks. It's done online, so it's super easy for anybody and everybody to engage with. Just go to our website And you can find out more and you can sign up and you can get in there without any disruption, without any uh, strings attached. You can just try it. But if this is true, it changes everything. It's the best thing that anybody could ever hear. But I'd like us to pray and I'd like us just to have an Easter prayer before we go for our last song. Before we pray, I want to say also, That because we are people that are convinced that the resurrection has happened, we share good news and we embody good news. That's why we have committed ourselves, heart and soul, to serve our city. That's why we exist to help people find Jesus and then love one another and then follow Jesus and serve the city. One of the best opportunities that we've got right now is uh, an opportunity to get involved in helping prepare school meals um, Free school meals in the school holidays, if that makes sense. But we're going to be down there um, in a church in South Bristol just making um, packed lunches. We need more volunteers for the next two weeks. So again, go onto our website. Uh, Lexia will tell you a little bit more about that at the end. But it is the context in which we work is the fact that we have met the risen Lord Jesus. It makes sense. We're convinced intellectually, historically, experientially, philosophically, and we have met him. We have heard him call our name. And he calls your name, Mary. He calls your name, Shauna. He calls my name, Philip. Because he does that, it changes everything. A change of perspective, a brand new purpose, And a life that cannot be dimmed no matter what. Because if a man has risen from the dead, then death is forever defeated and everything is suddenly possible.
Let's pray. Dear God, we want to pray. We want to thank you, Lord God, that Jesus did indeed rise from the dead, that he is risen, he is risen indeed. And I want to pray, Lord God, that for everyone that is here watching, listening, online, in person, I want to pray that where there is doubt and where there is brokenness, where there is seeking, I want to pray, Lord Jesus, that you would find them. Lord, so often we find ourselves in a garden of tears and we don't realize that you're standing right next to us. I want to pray, Lord God, for everyone right now that is looking for something, that is hoping for something. Lord, would you speak their name? As they reach out to you, would you reach and get close to them? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.